0: Hey listeners, Animation Aficionados will be recording a Slayers episode in late August or early September. Between now and then, we want you to send us a recording of yourself doing the Naga Laugh. The most outrageous laugh, or laughs, will be played on the show. Send an mp3 of yourself to neil at (laughs)
1: animationaficionados.com Hi Chuck.
2: Hey, how you doing?
1: Good, good. First time we talked, I've always heard your promo, though
2: oh, good, all right, well, you yep, know here I am,
1: yep, have you listened to the show before?
2: uh, I have to say no, I haven't, but I am intrigued from ah. the brief description I was given
1: ah, from Neil or from or from uh Blanchard.
2: Um, I'm not sure, actually, because there was a lot of CCs and forwards and tags and that, so I'm not really sure who I was getting the mail from, to be truthful.
1: Ah, well, don't listen to Blanchard. I never (laughs) do. (laughs) That's the best advice I could give you? (laughs) Yeah, I like teasing Blanchard a lot, and he likes, he always gets flustered and says, Not that ass. Oh, no, uh, are you kidding me? Everybody loves
2: Mike. I mean, some of the guys on the show, like, first time they met Mike, it was just that they had this indelible, you know, uncontrollable urge to just bust his chops.
1: (laughs) Well, Delilah I love is just how he gets flustered.
2: Yeah. You know how his name is TFG1, Mike?
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. the fucking great one.
2: Yeah, well, um... Uh, on what's on Joe Mind, he is forever known as TFGI Mike, or Leader One Mike.
1: <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> that's pretty good. It's, uh, that's, I call call once them, called uh, him WTFG One Mike. Yes. <laughs> and once I called him Blanch Tard. Oh, wow. You were there, Neil. I'm surprised you didn't just hang up. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so easy with him. I
2: know he, he gets so huffy sometimes.
1: Not that ass. It's
2: yeah. Uh, it's... do you know the you know bottom is at all? No. No. Oh god. You you have to like be there when the two of them start going at it. Oh. It, it's like two old women bickering back and forth. It, it's a like a peach. it's like a it's like a couple that's been married for 50 years and haven't had sex
1: for like 40 of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that lovely description. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, uh, it's okay. Oh boy, so let's see here, Neil. Yes. Do you think people get pissed if we bust Ninja Scrolls chops?
0: Someone's bound to, I guess. But
1: we might want to do that because we already hit two of the Golden Blockbuster three, so we might as well. So we might pissed. as
0: well go for another one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because Ninja Scrolls is not deep in any sense.
0: Well, we could just go for the uh, for the Grand Slam and do Vampire
1: Hunter D. Oh, God. Yeah, the fourth <laughs> of the Golden Blockbuster set, yeah. We should, yeah, just combine those two together because, like I said, people who say Ninja Scroll is deep are lying to themselves every day of their lives. Neil, do you think Ninja Scroll is deep? Uh, it's been so long since I've watched it.
0: I don't even have it on
1: DVD. Yeah, it's, it's not that good. I mean, it, it has some... Neat fight scenes, but but you know, then again, so does the transporter in Hamlet. The transporter ain't. Oh boy, Richard is making some mean comments again about you know, if Animation Fish knows had their way, they never make a sequel.
0: Oh, I responded to that. I just said, no, we just don't like certain studio houses.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. So there. And he didn't like your pretty ugly major thing. Oh, that's too bad. He's like, don't care. Yeah, some people just don't understand why we hate on things. I'm using finger quotes for hate because we don't really hate on things. We're just very meticulous in what we like.
0: Well, you know, on the last episode, I said, you know, I don't really hate He-Man. But then I remembered that on on the actual He-Man episode, I said, I am Neil and I hate this show. (laughs) But you know what? I was being tongue-in-cheek.
1: The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast. Recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast. The ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before Webcomics, there was independent and self-published web release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Neil, I just want to double check on something. Yeah, there was a law that was that passed in the '80s that basically said that cartoons can't advertise, have commercials for the, this, their own toys, right? Uh, yes, yes,
2: yes. And the way toy companies got around it is that the um, the the commercials were advertising the comic book. So and that the toys were from the comic book.
1: Okay, so that's so that is actually true. Okay. Well then you're gonna be our historian, Chuck. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's actually yeah, now that I remember it, the uh both Transformers and G.I. Joe, the the comic books would have animated cartoons or animated commercials, and then they would use the exact same animation for the toy commercials.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I think at some point Reagan realized how stupid the rule was and, dismissed and had it overturned. Yeah, it really was a dumb law.
1: Yeah, let's save this for this show.
2: Okay. See, and to be honest, I always thought that it was already in existence, and then it got overturned. But
0: I think it was. Yeah, I, let's I, save it. So, what are we? What what uh, range are we touching here? Like eighties or
1: eighties to as far as we can remember after that. Okay. Yeah, okay, so are we ready?
0: Let's yep. do this.
1: All right, hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, tonight we're doing a special on children's toy commercials. This is your host Ben, joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Dino Damage. And we're joined with, with us with Chuck. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? All right, and tonight we are, of course, t- discussing children's toy commercials. Uh, uh, something that uh, that I remember is there was actually a law. Or a stipulation passed in the 80s that said, for instance, if you had like a cartoon about the, let's say, giant transforming battling robots, you can have commercials about, you cannot have commercials about those same transforming giant robots as toys airing in the commercial breaks. Because apparently that would make the children just beg that much more for the parents to buy those toys and that was a nuisance or something or other or an unfair practice or something that blah, 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 blah. Chuck?
2: Uh, Well, basically what it was is that they didn't want you to advertise towards children. Now, I always understood it that this law was in existence before the 80s, and it just so happened it got overturned or changed. I've since found out I was wrong, and um, it just went into effect in the 80s. The reason I thought it existed beforehand is because you had shows like Space Ghost, Thundar the Barbarian. And a bunch of others from that Hanna-Barbera Bar- Hanna studio that never had toys and up until like the mid-1990s when you had a big nostalgia kick. And apparently, I was told that was because they just couldn't make toys for the cartoon because it was against the law. I mean, I, I honestly don't know the truth. But the fact of the matter is, is that companies in the early 80s, to get around this, would do tie-ins with comic books, for example – Hasbro entered in a partnership with Marvel for their new properties, G.I. Joe, a real American hero, and then a couple of years later, the Transformers. So you would have the commercials that were showing the toys, but then at the end would say, you know, follow the continuing adventures of G.I. Joe in this month's Marvel comic book, and it would show. You know, the cover for that month's Marvel comic. So, the commercial was advertising... The toy line was advertising the comic. And the commercial was advertising the comic, and it just so happened there's an animated cartoon on the air.
1: Oh, that Larry Hama. Mm. Oh. I got Larry well, that- stories like crazy. But, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, with Joe, G. G. Oh, that's kind of okay. You can buy the Joe comics, they're okay. But with, with Transformers, the comics, there was like a couple-year period where where... <laughs> Or Grimlock was the leader of the Autobots, I don't know if you want to read that. I don't. Oh,
0: that was way well, late into the series, though. Looking back now, um,
2: you know, pretty much everyone who was around at the time really felt that Transformers worked much better as an animated property, which I, mm-hmm. I tend to agree with. While GI Joe worked much better as a comic book property, which I also tend to agree with, even though I, you know, hold The G.I. Joe cartoon up to the same level as the Transformers cartoon. And I think the proof is in the pudding when you see how many issues Transformers lasted after the show went off the air and how many issues G.I. Joe lasted until that cartoon went off the air.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. But what was Grimlock's uh, platform again, Hope and Change? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well you, you know that was the big thing one thing that I noticed very quickly especially with Transformers is that the writers got you know they, they really had a hard time writing the characters as they were so that's why you started having these swooping changes for example after the first four issues Optimus Prime is you know disassembled no longer the leader Ratchet is taken over um, and it's not until I would say maybe a year to a couple of years later in the comics that Optimus Prime returns as the Autobot
1: leader. Now you're starting to break up a little bit, Chuck.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, how does that sound?
1: It sounds better. Okay, so but back to the toy commercials. Uh, you know, the fu- <coughs> the funny thing is uh, the very first uh, the very first Masters of the Universe commercial is not animated by Filmation. It's actually animated by Novana.
0: Yeah, it's very bizarre. But, it it, lo-
1: it looks like aside from the really bad He-Man costume, it looks like something you can expect from heavy metal.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Of course they'd never get that quality of animation for a whole series, but you know, we can dream.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um I'm just kind of flipping through some stuff right now and it appears that throughout the late 60s and 70s there was a group called the uh the Action for Children's Television which was uh constantly petitioning the f c c to ban advertising advertisement on children's programming for specific uh products you know for such as toys for the uh for the cartoons and
1: uh god vi- vitamin isn a nanny state you know
0: well they kind of got beaten back because uh how i've always understand it is that what he man was the big victory against that because Some that was victory. the that was the breakthrough where uh, yeah i know it's he man but still <laughs> so it because it was a it was a a kids' toy that finally got its own cartoon, and while some people may grumble about you know a, a cartoon based on a toy instead of uh, something like Ren and Stimpy, which is like some animator's like little project, um, where was I going? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Yeah, some people may grumble about that, but still, it kind of you know pushed the animation industry forward where they can instead of being like like. Uh, beaten down by this uh, parents uh, group, they, they could finally do uh, real animation. And it brought about the, the short-lived barter system where uh, uh, the, the syndicated uh, networks, well, it's not really a network, the syndicated stations and the toy companies could could share in the investment of the program and combine they would produce the show. And that lasted until uh, Cartoon Network came along.
1: Yeah, by their budgets combined... Oh God! No. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, it's a, the interesting thing is every Masters of the Universe toy commercial that actually aired on TV, it's uh, it was Peter Cullen doing the announcer voice.
0: Uh, yeah, that was that was really bizarre, and I never realized that as a kid.
1: Well, it's just so sad because you know he's such a big star. You're leaving that one alone, Archie.
0: <laughs> Why are we going down this?
1: avenue well what happened is is one day neil and i were discussing this and neil says well you know what peter Cold has retroactively become a big star
0: well the the joke is that uh in the 86 transformers movie he was he basically had a cameo he showed up as prime and he died
1: yeah when when all these other people that were much bigger stars i mean robert stack uh uh, weird al yankovich doing a song, you know. Idol was there, and and uh, and uh, you know Rosebud, uh, what's his name? God damn it, uh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles was there. All all these people that were legitimately huge stars, and here's you know meek Peter Cullen, the cartoon voiceover guy, and and now all of a sudden Peter Cullen is the name for most people.
0: Yeah, he's he's gotten a lot more work since the Transformers movie.
1: Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's in the the Masters of the Universe commercials are hilarious. I mean, the the biggest thing I remember watching them all. I was asking Neil, "Hey, was this guy in the cartoon?" Because a lot of them I don't remember.
0: No, Stinkor was never in the cartoon. Uh, who was the reptile guy? Uh,
1: the one that can slash his tail with slale, tail yeah, slashing yeah, action. Yeah, he
0: he was in the cartoon.
1: Yeah, lots of them were really, really, really lame too. They they had they had the He Man with a light gun chariot that can like disable Skeletor or something other with a light gun. They had a Bizarro He Man. That was in the cartoon, wasn't it? I don't think it was. I don't remember. But, I think uh... it. I don't know. I'd uh, I'd have to watch He Man again, and I don't wanna. So uh, let's just leave a question mark there and move on. But yeah, it's a uh, the He Man toys. You know, number one, as a kid, even I knew He Man was. You know, a little fruity.
0: <laughs> I didn't think he was fruity. I was just like, I would see this poster of this like, half-naked man on my friend's wall, and I'd be like, I'm going to stick with my robots.
1: <laughs> but yeah, the, the uh, He-Man commercials were, were always just weird. And uh, But yeah, other commercials I remember, I, I definitely remember the Dino Riders commercials. I barely remember those. I remember them. I think I actually had one or two Dino Rider toys.
0: Although, funny enough, a friend of mine, Noelle, she she sent me uh, a private message like, a couple years ago. She was like, I remember this cartoon. It had these guys. They rode on top of dinosaurs. You know what it was called? I was like, uh, Dino Riders? She's like, that's it. <laughs> and I, and I'm like, Are you, you're kidding me.
1: Yeah, At least it wasn't Dino Saucers. Uh the dinosaurs ever... are leaving Bossosaur. Did they ever have a toy? <laughs> I don't think so, uh, Chuck. Um, as far as I know, they didn't. But
2: uh, I actually had quite a few Dino Riders. Um, I was really into them.
1: What I remember is the bad guys used mind controlling things on the dinosaurs, and the good guys just sort of just made them be subverted the old fashioned way.
2: Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> it, it it's such a it's such a weird idea because even I, I was like, even the good guys are using the dinosaurs. How come it's okay just because they don't use mind-control collars?
0: See, for a while, those two cartoons and Cadillacs and dinosaurs all blurred together for me.
1: Yeah. But yeah, speaking of dinosaur toys, one thing I have to b- mention are the Jurassic Park toy commercials.
0: Dino damage! Dino
2: damage! How on the earth? I mean, Well, I mean... I guess this really is one of the first instances, but you basically were marketing a PG-13
1: movie to kids. What I love is the Sam Neill toy. <laughs> the Sam Neill action figure.
0: Uh, none of the action figures actually look like the people from the movie, by the way.
1: That is true. That is well, true. You, know, you, you get uh, more accurate resemblance with the Joey Fatone action figure. Wow, <laughs> there actually is one. I'm you know, sorry to Around
0: say. Around the same time... Uh, Oh, I guess a few years later, actually, there were there were toys for PG thirteen and R rated movies. I mean, I do remember uh, Independence Day toys.
1: Oh yeah, but what I remember is uh, back to Jurassic Park toys. Uh, I don't know if there actually was a big problem with like knockoff dinosaurs, or just the fact that dinosaur toys have been around since like the thirties. That that you know, the people who make Jurassic Park toys are like, well, we have to differentiate ourselves somehow, so look for the Jurassic Park JP brand.
0: Um. Uh, uh, I don't know because the the dinosaur toys themselves because see before Jurassic Park dinosaur toys and dinosaur cartoons were still dragging their tails and Jurassic Park finally put the nail on that they said no the dinosaurs don't drag their tails and those were like the first toys to really hit to really hit the uh, hit the thing home to say you know this is what a dinosaur looks like so they already looked looked unique
1: right. But they still did the whole look for the official brand thing. Do you think they were worried about knockoffs from China? I don't
0: I don't really think so. I think that was just sensationalism.
1: Mm. Like the dino damage.
0: Dino damage!
1: Now, what I remember was, I can't find this commercial anywhere, but I remember distinctly, it, it, it was around the time of uh, Lost World. They did a Jurassic Park toy commercial like, the, the, the sorry, this is Jurassic Park are running amok! With science and are splicing DNA together, and they they had like this half tricy- tri half pterodactyl, half raptor toy. Yeah, I remember they had like
0: like weird color hyper color dinosaurs and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's I can't find that commercial anywhere, but I remember it because I just love the intro. The the, the scientists of Jurassic Park are running amok with science. It's it's it's, it's so funny. Do you remember that one, Chuck? Um no I don't but um, correct
2: me if I'm wrong doesn't did Hasbro have the Jurassic Park license back in the 90s because I know they have it now.
1: Uh, actually, um, we found out that they were double dipping with both companies, both big companies. Interesting. Oh
0: yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, I think Hasbro had the main toys. And, okay, or,
1: or it would have been Kenner, which
0: which would have been Hasbro at that time.
2: Right. Well, because um, I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but uh, a lot of tooling from G.I. Joe was used in later Jurassic Park toys, I would say from, like, the 2000s on up.
1: Mm. Mm. And,
2: in That's... fact, recently – oh, wait, hold on, let me give you – recently, within the past five years, um, Jurassic Park, they were going to overhaul the line, and we were going to get – a more combat-oriented Jurassic Park, where it was like the, <laughs> the, the hunt for dinosaurs. And they were going to use tooling. They, the What's known as the G.I. Joe Awe Striker was going to be repainted into a couple different colors for Jurassic Park. And the drivers were basically, from the neck down, um, Cobra Troopers with um, a different head, and they were going to come with all these weapons. But for whatever reason, Hasbro decided not to do it. So now these, um, you know, there's production
0: samples out there, and they go for like a couple hundred bucks on eBay.
1: Mm, interesting. You know, I, I did not you know wanna, that.
0: But you want to see my my nerd brain go wild here? There was an episode of GI Joe where they made a, a, a island full of dinosaurs. So you could have you could have relived that episode <laughs> with that.
2: Well, in the in the early nineties, there was a Toys R Us exclusive. Uh, Dino Hunter set. It came with a real. They came with a dinosaur, uh, a couple figures, and a repainted vehicle that could fire a net. Hmm.
1: hmm. And uh, Neil, can you give your awesome Lost World rant about uh, who was the real good guy and bad guy on the island?
0: Oh, uh, the guy with the rifle was the real good guy, and uh, the peace and love guy was was a fucking idiot. Yes. Mainly because the guy with the gun. Was the only guy who was capable of keeping everyone safe, and sure enough, when the two T-Rexes show up, the I don't I don't remember that guy's name, but uh, Vince Vaughn, he takes he takes the shells out of the guy's gun, and he can't fire at the fucking T-Rex, which has his head (laughs) in someone's tent, mind you. Yes. And I'm like, why why is this Nick Van Owen character being treated as like a hero?
1: And may I remind you, it was the hunter guy that saved the day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just just had to get that out of the way. Hate that movie. It.
0: It's an it's an okay movie except for like the last forty five minutes
1: where they're in where they're in L A. Yeah. Oh God, that was so bad. I mean, didn't they even throw a Godzilla joke in there?
0: Yes, they did. You know what? <laughs> I, I I like the the book version of Lost World a lot better. People who've never read the book. Go read it. It's like it's a completely different story.
1: All right. So you're talking about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Lost World. No, right? no, no, no. Uh,
0: the actual, the Lost World, the sequel to Jurassic Park, written by uh, uh, Crichton. Crichton, Michael Crichton.
1: Uh, okay. It would be better if you're talking about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's, but uh... <laughs> Michael Crichton wrote a pretty good book. Yes, he did. Even though, even though it was a really a cash, and then the character he killed off in the first book showed up alive and well in the second book, and nobody. Yeah, that, that was kind
0: of cheesy. He was. <laughs> <laughs> Rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. I was like, well, "Come on!" <laughs> but you know he what? He was dead. You know what? I don't mind that they brought him back.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about other toy commercials. Who remembers Mighty Max toy commercials? Uh,
0: I don't remember. <laughs>
1: well, what I remember about Mighty Max was basically they were pocket-sized. Portable. Oh, that's
0: right. It was like the boy version of Polly Pocket.
1: That's right. And what what was really weird is you could tell that the cartoon and the toy line were like made independently of each other because the cartoon's nothing like the toy line. The whole concept of oh, it's 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 a cute little boy with with a red cap, and that was just the that was just a standard kid design of the '90s. That was a, a kid design that screamed '90s. Am I right, guys? Yeah, and then Basically, the yeah. and then the cartoon's like, well, he he's the cap bearer. The cap can create interdimensional portals that allows him to travel, and that was never in the, that was never in the toys, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, you could tell the 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 cartoon producer really let his imagination go wild,
1: and the cartoon was damn good.
2: Yeah, but I th- remember correctly, like with the cartoon, each place he went to, I mean, that was like a representation of one of the pocket adventure play sets he had and and you know he would have to complete a mission he had his bird that was a guide and you know it's like the bird would basically have hidden clues all over the place but instead of telling him what the clues were he would have to find them
1: interesting we should talk I, about it when we do a mighty max episode
2: I, I basically only remember one scene from one episode and it's basically him saying to the bird come on, what do I have to do? And the bird clearing his throat and stomping his foot as a hint to say, move this stone and under the stone was like an instruction tablet from the bird, with the bird like drawn on it.
1: (laughs) That sounds like the cartoon all right. But yeah, it's a let's see here. One thing I remember, you remember all those weird Batman the Animated Series action figures? The ones that were nothing like the cartoon, like arctic something batman oh
2: yeah well, well i mean that even goes back to the movie line you know where the, where it was like you just had various themed batmans
1: yeah but the no there was the one for the anime series it was arctic chill batman or arctic hunter yeah. batman right. i i don't remember exactly what but i remember it was ridiculous and nothing that bruce Tim would have ever allowed to be in the cartoon
0: yeah that that happened with the real ghostbusters too there were just like Tons of variation on the Ghostbuster costumes and
1: uh, in, in the in ghost figures that were never in the cartoon, like Granny Gr- Ghost, Gross or, uh
0: Yeah, you could tell that the animators just. Well, I I, I think by de, by design because it was more based on the movie, and then the the, the the toys must have been like based off the cartoon.
1: Yeah, they were as
0: opposed to the other way around, how it would normally be with the Transformers and GI Joe. So the 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 cartoon producers had had the freedom to just kind of ignore the toy line. you know
1: they only just recently released the ghostbuster toys where the ghostbusters actually look like the actors really yeah just recently so actually, uh, last,
0: last two years so egon doesn't have the uh the spit curl yeah the the ho-ho hair
1: <laughs> no no he, <laughs> he looks he looks like uh, harold Ramis. wow
0: yeah, those are basically uh, Matty Collector exclusives for a while. Actually,
1: the the sad thing, though, is they all have the same bodies. They're just different heads.
0: Oh, so it's like standardized, fat 30-year-old man.
1: <laughs> those are really well done. All the detail's really good. It's just, you know, they only did the detail once. Oh, that's too With, the, with the folds and all that. I mean, am I right, Chuck? Well, actually, I was going to say that the chubby one. He's chubby.
2: I mean, it's like the skinny... The guys who are supposed to be skinny are skinny. It's just that, you know, they use a lot of the same parts.
1: I remember the torsos are the same. Mm. Well, we can check it out
0: later.
2: Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I, I Unfortunately, all I have is the Toys R Us exclusive Ghostbusters 2 set that has them with their uh, Santa hats.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> no, the the new exclusive, yeah. So this is six-inches, yeah. Those are... So, yeah, the... You actually get you can have a Harold a real life Harold Ramis toy in your hand, but yeah, it's other toys I remember. Yeah, definitely the uh, the Batman the animated series ones were bad, and the funny thing is how the Craftman actually did episodes in the first season. Right, like right off the bat, they were doing toy commercial episodes. Oh really? Remember the 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 snow costume and the
0: oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, that yeah, the Crap Man did that right off the bat, first yeah. season. Uh, so, uh, I'm wondering why Chuck hasn't, uh, you know, guess. Crap Man, what's that? What's the Crap Man? <laughs>
2: well, well, uh, it took me a minute, but then I remember the new Batman series is called The Batman. The yeah. Crap Man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ben will not let anyone say the uh, the, the, the name? production name of that show.
2: <laughs> I, I I actually say that I saw like one episode of Batman: Brave the and the Bold. Yes. Um, and the animation just put me off. But then what really put me off is that they just pulled in all these random DC universe characters that some of them have no connection to Batman whatsoever. And I'm just like,
1: what? Well, you know, at least it isn't the Crap Man. That's true. Because the Crap Man did an episode where, where, where my Greg Weisman, where it implies that Mister <laughs> Freeze killed the Wades. <laughs>
0: We'll never really know if that's what it meant to, to imply. It's just kind of
1: really it, badly. It's kind of a
0: weird non sequitur throw into <laughs> in the middle of an episode. It's like you're fighting Mister Freeze, and oh by the way, this happened to your parents. <laughs> what does this have to do with the story? I don't know.
1: And then the, and then he had the Arctic Chill uh, armor to you know only twenty nine ninety five. So anyway, yeah, and commercials. Yes, yeah, so other toy commercials. Let's see. What what other cartoons did I watch that had toy commercials? Of? I remember Superman, the animated series, had Superman with a flying car toy.
0: I remember it had an outer space suit Superman toy. That was from like one or two episodes.
1: Well, that's because Superman can't breathe in outer space. That's that I know. I'm I'm just saying that yes, the Superman animated series actually had Superman with different suits, but Bruce him and Paul Dini worked hard to make those suits make sense in the goddamn cartoon. Like, he wears a lead suit because he fights villains with kryptonite. So, the only one that doesn't make sense is the goddamn scuba suit. Oh. <laughs> I could buy everything else except for the scuba suit.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know what the problem is, You know, going you know, with Batman and the Superman and all the different suits and stuff is, you know, you need, you know, for the toy companies, they need to be able to have a full year's worth of product. You know, with Superman, you know, all he ever wears, blue and red suit. Well, OK, you put it out. OK, everybody bought a Superman figure. Now uh, you put out the villains. OK, everybody bought the villains. You still have, you know, 10 months left for the year. What are you going to do? You know, that's why you, get, you gotta get creative. You know, you have this suit. It, it, it's to make money. Yeah,
0: that's first. The, the flip side of that is. The kid on his birthday who opens up the gift and it's, like, Arctic Shield Batman. They're like, oh, this gee isn't the thanks. normal Batman. That happened
1: to me once. That happened <laughs> to me once. Uh, I, I I forgot the name of the toy. Oh, I just pulled it up. It was, on, it was my birthday, and a friend of mine gave me a toy. It was Ace Fucking Duck. <laughs> Ace Duck? Yeah. And I'm like, well, uh, gee, uh, thanks. <laughs> I mean, do I need to explain why I was disappointed?
2: Well, I actually. What line is Ace Duck from?
1: The TMNT line. Oh. oh. Yes. Yeah, that's another one that had.
0: See, the, the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh toy line commercials actually had the animation from the uh, from the cartoon series. Well, at least the first five episodes, anyway. Yes, they had
1: toy animation.
0: Yeah, and uh. Yeah, they, there were a lot of mutants in the toy line that never made it to the cartoon. The yeah. vast majority of them, as a matter of fact, is if I
1: remember correctly. I just remember Ace Duck, and it, 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 it was really weird because it had additional wings that could be clipped to the back of his flyer, bomber jacket, and, like, what I remember was he also had, like, a bandolier of eggs, mm-hmm. and... But the the bandolier and the eggs were like in this uh, in this uh, plastic thing. They didn't even clip it out of the out of the mold. You had to do that yourself. Mm. You know I that was him.
0: that was pretty common back then. I remember getting transformer sets that were like that, where like the fists of Optimus Prime and like half a dozen other things that were part of the toy were all were all stuck together into a single mold, and you had to like kind of pry them apart. Yeah, they cut cut them off the
2: screw. Yeah. yeah. Well well that's because a lot of those early transformers were parts formers. Mm-hmm. Meaning stuff like, you know, the the fist, the head, you would have to attach to the robot because that was the style of the late seventies, early eighties
1: Japanese robot. And there it is. Just look at that and say, Happy birthday to me. Well, <laughs> there we go. Let's take a look at He's it.
0: He's stuck.
2: I had him.
1: You know, I, I do him. remember that guy. <laughs> It's just like I remember the clip-on wings, the bandolier, the the plastic still eggs still in the. Uh, you see that there? I see it. Yeah. It's like that's a lot of work for a kid to yeah. do. Wait, yeah, he I'm, comes I'm with trying. eggs. Yes, I told you a bandolier of eggs. You know, for some reason that didn't register until I actually saw it. <laughs> Did I not
0: say a bandolier of eggs? eggs
1: I know, pie? but it kind of went in
0: one ear and out the other. <laughs>
2: and I'm trying to think why would I want this guy? And I think because of the pistol and maybe the wings. Maybe that's yeah. what what I was going for. But uh, but you know what the problem with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line was? How many of those like you said the mutants weren't in the cartoon? How many yeah. of them were in the comics? Because I know they were pulling from the comics too. And the Archie
1: you know, comics, not the not the Mirage comics. Because a stuck never showed up in Mirage. See, that's actually kind of a cool thing, I
0: think, is that the toy line was kind of a, a mix of the comics and the and the TV series.
2: Well, yeah, but you got to be careful because there are some people to this day who
1: hate cartoon because it's not the comic. It's not the real turtles. Oh, God, how can you watch it? that stuff? Uh, uh. Actually, the problem I have is with the other way. Oh, the uh... the 87 is only crowd.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I don't
1: encounter that as much as you do. I can't I I can carry that all the fucking time. <laughs> I think you go to, go Blanchard, to Blanchard's an 87 is only guy. Well, He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna give O3 a chance because it's not 87.
0: My my view on it is, you know, there's, there's room for everybody. They made Turtles Forever and it was awesome.
1: Leonardo's more serious than that.
0: Yeah, it, Blanchard had a problem with like the way Leonardo from 87 was portrayed in that movie. I'm like, no, I oh, watched. I rewatched like the
1: five. I rewatched the five parter opening. Though no, he was that goofy, <laughs> and and they they got his voice perfectly too. I mean, he sounded like he was a little low, but I I don't think it was that bad. No, I was watch. I was watching Akira, and I'm like, oh, that's the same voice practically.
0: Yeah, you got to make sure it was the right dub of Akira because I was. Much... I
1: watched the original one. It was. It wasn't the Power Ranger. It was Ninja Turtle. Okay. <laughs> it, it it sounded exactly like Cam, Cam Clark. So. Okay. But yeah, it's the TMNT toys are just like I said. It, you you want one of the four turtles if you get a toy. You don't want freaking <laughs> a duck. It, it sort of, it's it's. I think the same thing happened with uh, with uh, with uh, Ghostbusters where you wanted one of the Ghostbusters. And, and how long did it take for Slimer to get a toy? Did Slimer ever get an official toy? I think
0: I'm pretty sure he did. But the way it worked was the the original the the actual cartoon version of the. Uh, Of the Ghostbusters were only made in like the first year and then everything after that was like gimmick toys, like, you know, their eyes popped out of their sockets or something like that. And, uh,
1: I remember that,
0: I remember that, uh, there were like generic ghosts that also came in with the the figures so that you could buy like a, like a really good mold of a, of a ghost toy, but it would also come with like this, with like this single color ghost that was like translucent and was just kind of like a single.
1: Yeah, actually, generic mold. Actually, that's the for years that's the only way you could get anything that looked like Slimer was in one of those mm-hmm. ectoplasm toy sets. You know, you could buy you could buy you could buy a tub of ectoplasm and inside is one ghost. And if you're lucky, you have one that's shaped like Slimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was what happened because it, it took years before they made an official Slimer. I'm
0: toy. pretty sure there was a Slimer toy.
1: It took years before there was an official one. I remember I had to dig through an ectoplasm to get something that was like Slimer to play with. So. I'm going by my childhood memory. so. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, the uh, yeah Ghostbuster toys were like that. Uh, any other examples you can think of?
0: Um, well, here's here's a goofy one. We we're talk, just talking about Cam Clark. That reminds me of Robotech, and the okay. Robotech toys. See, one one of the really vicious, nasty things that Hasbro did was they they swiped the Valkyrie toy for Transformers and turned it into Jetfire. So they had to make their own mold that was not jet fired but still looked like the jet from the from the cartoon and it it was kind of bad it looked like you know you know the Mattel little people yeah toys it it, it that that toy had like an airplane set it kind of looked like the airplane from that Is mm. it just it maybe I can find it. It was it
2: was like a super deformed version yeah. of the Valkyrie.
0: Yeah, it was super deformed. Yeah. Oh, they
1: had the, that in S, they had that in SD Macross.
2: Yeah, those were um, I, I think those were Bandai Bandai toys, but it was like they couldn't get the Valkyrie.
0: You know what? I never put that together, but I think you're right, Ben. It is it is like, it's the toy from SD Macross.
1: That is funny. I was making a joke.
0: I think that's exactly what it is. Actually, do you want to hear something even
2: funnier, you could have probably had a 1-100 scale of the F-1S, but you probably wouldn't even recognize it because that mold, as well as a bunch of other molds from Bandai, were put in a um, another 80s transforming line called the converters. Mm-hmm. Mm. Basically, what had happened was a the company that originally made the Valkyries, which I think were called the company was called Tom, not Tommy, but Poppy, no, or or something like that. Uh, I, they got bought out by Bandai, but before they got bought out by Bandai, they made an agreement with an American toy company, so a lot of their molds got brought over, and it was um, you, you know, the the Transformer known as Roadbuster. There was a smaller version of him. Oh right. What they call the 1-100 scale, um, and meanwhile the larger ones were sold to were, were leased out to Hasbro, and then you mm-hmm. had the Volcrete. you had like the VA one f well VF1S, in its you know gray colors, but then there's a black version. I'm trying to think of what the that company's name was, because they were the ones who you know who made Macross toy first, and then
0: um, Bandai just Taka-toku? bought them.
2: Takatotsu. Takakotsu. Yeah. 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 And yeah, and the Roadbuster
0: toy that you're talking about is from another show called uh,
2: Dvorak.
0: Yeah, yeah, there yeah, was all yeah. sorts of motherfuckery going on in uh, 80s toys. Oh, yeah, it was great. It <clears> was great.
2: <throat> and you know what's nice is, no, since nobody knows about these, you can either get them for cheap or you're going to have to pay a lot of money for them. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, it just looks like these.
1: that's from S.D. Macross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Macross. Macross. Makuros, Makuros. Oh,
2: now, do you know about the 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 um the larger is is this the larger scale one that was like um uh, like it was it could hold a three and three quarter inch figure, but uh but in transform. Um, I don't know. Because there was a um three and three quarter inch there was one that could hold a three and three quarter inch figure that I actually had, but here's the thing: he had the head, he had his feet there was like an indication for his hands so there was a belief that they were going to try to make a large-scale transforming fall Creek, but matchbox just couldn't do it and i know i broke mine trying to get him to transform but uh, i know a lot of other people they actually took that and were able to mold so you have like this larger scale transforming uh uh macross toy
0: wow
1: interesting yeah, I just I'm
0: just I'm just enthralled by SD Macross here. <laughs> oh, when I wow. saw the slot machine, I, I started giggling. I've never seen this before. <laughs> when and, and, Neil I've was never... mentioning
1: how how the how the Valkyrie was the was like tiny and and deformed, I'm like, oh, it must be SD Macross.
0: <laughs> it's very similar.
2: <laughs> well. See, I, I just thought – I just remember the toy because I saw the robot form, which, by the way, was also in that converters line, being super deformed. Yeah. And I, I just I, – I mean, granted, it wasn't called super deformed back then because I don't think the term existed. But now that's what you would call it.
1: Yeah. Well, it sort of fits because the name of the original chef was Super Dimensional. <laughs> Ooh. S.D. Macross. It was always S.D. Macross. Yeah.
0: And they tried to slip some Macross um, toys into uh, what show was that again? It was uh, uh, was it about technical robots, Robotech? No, no. <laughs> what was what was that '90s cartoon that?
1: Uh, um, it it was like EDF. It was it's
0: or... it was that one show that you liked, Ben.
1: Oh, oh, you're talking you're talking about oh. Exo Squad. (laughs) Yeah, Exo Squad. Yeah, according to the producers, Exo Squad is the prequel to to Robotech. And
0: and my response to that is no, it's not. Well,
1: I thought your response to that was sweet, ironic victory. Well,
0: it is funny from a certain perspective, but
1: (laughs) from a certain point of view. Well, see, the whole thing is, you know, people complain. Stop getting your, stop getting your American stuff. You stop getting your Japanese stuff in our American cartoons, and then it's like, well, now there's American stuff in your Japanese cartoon. No. As Neil puts it.
0: It's time for intermission, boys and girls.
1: Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. The GeekCast Radio Network has launched Masked
0: Mayhem with your hosts, Optimus, Solo, and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys,
1: and more. Masked Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us on iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate way Movie Week in Review is the Geekcast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and
0: give you their thoughts. They also bring co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on geekcastradio.com. Hey,
1: I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind? It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael
0: Richardson, and Matt Yang-King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from on the online Joe community.
1: Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we... Hey,
2: again...
0: Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding, kinda.
1: Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself.
2: Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now.
0: It's What's on Joe Mind, every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen um, today. I suppose I still can't say
2: something about Transformers, can I? Come good on,
1: man. no. What about sports? That uh, sounds Yeah, good. that's Please. all right. Hey, you guys there still? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, it's just there was a gap of silence.
0: That happens whenever I make like a really tasteless joke. Oh, I'm still here. Uh, I, I I was I
2: was enthralled with the uh, SD Macross opening.
0: Yeah, it uh. really just arrests you and like forces you to watch it.
1: Yeah, so it, it it arrests you without giving you your full Miranda rights.
2: Well, just as long as I'm putting cuffs.
1: Yeah, but yeah, it's. I don't. I've never seen an episode of this, but I, all I know is this exists, and that's that's all I need.
2: Well, I was just looking at it, and it seems. I was looking at the comments, and it seems that all that exists is the opening. That the opening was just made for the tenth anniversary.
1: Ah. Okay. Well, it's glorious. You know, it's it could also they... be
0: the other way where the the Japanese saw the toy that we made here and was like, "Okay, let's adopt this,"
1: because you know, Capcom does stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Uh... Yeah, actually, all the Japanese uh, properties, you know, do that. Like, for instance, uh, for instance, you know, as we point out with Dirty Pair, you know, Adam Warren did his comic, and then all of a sudden, all these things are happening in Dirty Pair Flash.
0: And it even happened in the Transformers line, where the original inception of the uh, the Headmasters was that they were little robot guys that just transformed into heads of bigger robots. And Head then they on. And then they saw what we did with it was. There were people inside the in the head bodies and and so what do they do with Master Force? They copy that idea.
1: Yeah, but but the less we talk about God jin Ray, the better.
0: <laughs> oh, that's all confusing. Yeah, it's like okay. I,
1: I I showed a guy who only knew American Transformers God jin and he was like, "What the fuck is this shit?"
0: Yeah, it's really oh. it's really just it's mind boggling that Power Master Optimus Prime does not exist in Japan.
2: Well, well, no, no, watch does. Up. He does. There's yeah, a black. There's a black variant called Nucleon Quest Convoy, and it is Optimus Prime as a power master.
1: Oh wow! Are you sure you're not talking about Nemesis Prime?
2: No, I'm. I'm a hundred percent sure. Apparently, um, to, to to explain the action masters,
1: you guys know what the action
2: masters were?
1: Yes. They were the transformers that didn't transform.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, Optimus Prime went on this deep space mission to find this alternative fuel source and to protect himself his body was covered in this black alloy and they used the power master prime mold in fact i i think it actually is the american version of the mold because he doesn't have the telescoping hands for his super robot form uh. but uh, you know I, I mean i piss off transformer fans because i say look the Americ the, the Transformers G1 series ended with season three. Japan, there's no way you can make the Japanese series make sense to, season, to to the American stuff. You just have to follow the Japanese series straight through because they never got the movie until 91. They had, like, one bit of, of original video animation that tried to explain it and failed. You know, I mean it's good stuff. It's good writing, but, you know, don't try to, like, crowd it in with – yeah. you know the american stuff and then and they get all huffy and offended and you know because it's like oh it's J- japanese it has to be better and i'm like no it's not
1: you know? i'm ninja trouble city consultant chicksa and now you know watch I, out
0: well you're now you're mixing the the japanese production with the malaysian dub because <laughs> the japanese didn't do
1: that I know, but it's still glorious every time we had to mention Transformers. I had to do that.
2: Let me ask you: Have any of you ever bought? Do you guys have you any of you bought the um you know the Shao
0: Factory Japanese collection?
1: No, no, not, even, have, to, not even not even to see the Precious Overlord.
0: I have the DVD set of Headmasters from the uh, from a foreign set that was produced before that, where it has the Malaysian dub on it. Sparkle. Yeah, Spike is called Sparkle. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's well, the Spockalo!
2: <laughs> I mean, I'd like to get it, but I just can't bring myself to spend the money because yeah. it's basically there's no dubbing, so I'll have to sit there and like read the television. And I'll freely admit this: I'm a little slow. I can see myself half hour cartoon will take me three hours because I got to rewind because I miss something and it goes back and yeah. forth.
0: You know? Yeah, I think this is actually a pretty common problem, and it's a very hard. I have a very hard time explaining this to really hardcore anime fans like most people do not like reading uh, subtitles
1: yeah They're like well, well it's easy, and I'm like shut up well you know what you know I can understand why Japanese transformers can turn you off because I watched some of it and and you know you know uh, ultra Magnus in a wooden coffin being lowered into a lake w- what the hell
0: with amazing grace playing in the background oh wait that <laughs> didn't that didn't happen
1: the coffin thing did and I I don't I don't know how how i can reconcile that that that, that that's that's irredeemable this
0: was the most you know when
1: yeah it's uh so yeah I, I understand you know you you clearly define okay this is transformers this is japanese transformers kind of yeah. you know as soon as you start hearing destron you walk away the
0: funny thing was that ben you showed me a comic uh it was menage 3 and uh
1: Yes, I did. Some,
0: someone in the, in the cartoon, quote-unquote, broke the toy of... Uh, Over, Overlord. Of Overlord. And I'm like, well, the legs come off of Overlord, so he, he didn't really break it. And Ben was like, God damn it, you ruined the punchline. <laughs> oh, the that,
1: punchline was glorious, too. Yeah, because
0: that was at like 10, 10 uh, comics later, it's revealed that, no, Overlord just comes apart like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually really pissed off because I was like, Neil, that's the punchline. And I was like, I know what that is. <laughs> I I love how when the girl was trying to describe it over the phone to the guy in the comic shop, <laughs> thinking it was a girl Transformer because it was it was pink and had boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and Chucky had no idea what we're talking about. I'm sure.
2: Not really, but it's okay.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Overlord is. Uh the one power master toy we did not get in the states he had two power master partners yes which looks was... really weird he had like one power master battery on each chest or yeah. yeah and you know what
2: the funny thing is about him unlike the other power masters you really didn't need them to transform him
0: that's right
1: <laughs>
2: like they all, were... all they all they did was unlock um, uh, breast cannons
1: yeah they were really superfluous Yes, and, yeah, that, that was the point of the whole joke of the comic. And I was like, I said that, and, and we, we were like, oh, wow, you know, Giselle knows about Overlord. Oh, my goodness, we should bring her on to a Transformers episode. And then we found it was her co-writer that suggested yeah. the joke, sadly.
0: Yeah, we're going to have him on later for Japanese uh, Transformers cartoons.
1: Awesome. Awesome, because those Japanese Transformers cartoons. Like, I love the Japanese Headmaster series. Where where it it shows you know Spike and Daniel in vague sexual positions. Oh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> but you know I'm that, right.
0: That cartoon I watched the whole thing dubbed, and once you get past the death of Ultra Magnus, it's it's kind of okay because you're no longer dealing with the characters
1: from the original series. And and they're all having a party and, and drinking, and and then and then you have one of them singing the ending theme song in the middle of the cartoon.
0: Well, what's weird about it is that for all the characters that you recognize they don't even they don't even come close to the voices from the american cast it's just it's just so bizarre you, you know have Optimus, at least Optimus prime who's like we're sending help immediately spike and he sounds exactly like that it's like wow that doesn't sound like john Wayne at all
1: thanks yes
2: well you have to understand that you know that's just the nature of you know the japanese an- animation like this is what works for their audience cuz yeah. I mean, you also have to keep in mind transformers was not a hit until the japanese started making their own own cartoons and that they could interject their own japanese stylings and ideas and
0: stuff like that but what i was talking about was the the malaysian dub that attempted to make an english language version of those cartoons and it was just so bizarre and mistranslated it was like sparkle very, it's very weird to watch
2: and that's how i work yeah, I, yeah, I heard about it. It's it's like they, they drop like f bombs
1: every now and then. Or no, it, it, it's it's better than that. Like the the ninja consultant, the uh, six shot. That yeah. that's the funniest thing ever because everyone that has a faceplate, the voice actors are doing this with their hands. So it sounds like they're a if I don't know.
0: That's just the first episode. I mean, <laughs> we are Daniel and Wheelie are just screamed throughout the entire series.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's it's a good late at night get drunk and. Yeah, just it's, laugh. It's of, like, yeah.
0: uh, if you wanted to do, to do your own riff tracks, you could just do that entire series and just record yourself.
1: It's, it's better than Aragon for that. Oh, my God. But anyway. <laughs> Aragon is hilarious. But back to toy commercials, yeah. yeah. Well, as long as remember.
0: we're on Transformers. Uh, the Transformers commercials always had really, really, really good animation.
1: And it was so good that they used it for season three.
0: No, it was season four. Which was and only
1: how many episodes again?
0: Three episodes. They used it in the opening of Season 4, and it's really good Toei animation. I think it's the movie department, actually.
1: And, and then, and then and you have that last shot of, of all three characters running where, where Springer has the wrong head. Well, they're switching
0: back and forth between Acom and Toei the whole the whole way through it, and it's like, wow, really great animation. Oh, shit.
1: Great animation. Shit. And the final shot is Springer with the wrong head.
0: It's Cup with the wrong head. It's Cup with Springer's head. And you only see <laughs> it for one frame.
1: Well, excuse me. But uh, I'm trying to remember other cartoons that had toys. Exo Squad had toys and they were kind of crap. I've yeah, never seen I, the I, Exo
0: Squad toys.
1: They were hard to get. The cartoon was better than the toys, let me put it that way. But uh, let's see. Yeah, I, what I remember is, you remember you remember the Christopher Nolan movie, Batman Begins, right? Yeah. They had some really wacky toy commercials. Did it now? Yeah, evil ends when Batman begins. Oh boy. (laughs) For some reason, they didn't do that with Dark Knight. You know, you know, you know, eyeball gouging Joker didn't pass the uh, the the parent group, I guess. I guess not. (laughs) Yeah, it's that was the weirdest thing because you know, you know. Batman Begins had a video game tie-in, toys, ridiculous toy commercials. Then all of a sudden, when Dark Knight came out, it's like, oh no 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 no, we're not doing any promotion for this. We're no we're not no no tie-ins. We're just just the just the movie, just the movie. <laughs> didn't you all notice that too? No, it's true. I you know they canceled the game, and they didn't really promote any action figures for the Dark Knight. Mm. But yeah, other toy commercials. Uh, I never saw any toy commercials for the Fox Spider-Man series ever. Mm-hmm. But the okay. funny thing is, you know, reading those interviews, Neil, they have they have a Madam Web action figure. Oh, really? Yeah, it is John Semper's most prized possession. You
0: no, know, I was working at a toy store around that time, and I don't remember a Spider-Man uh, toy line other than just the, the normal Marvel toys themselves that were, that were made by Toy Biz.
1: Yeah. I don't think Marvel ever had really good toys yeah. after Transformers. I should and GI Joe. I should say because well, GI production. Joe and
0: Transformers are Marvel properties in like the loosest
1: sense. <laughs> well, they still count. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man Unlimited didn't have toys. I don't think I ever saw any X-Men action figures. I'm told they exist.
0: I think they did.
1: Yeah, I just hate to think of what happened to that Rogue action figure.
0: You know what? There were Street Fighter versus X-Men
1: figures. They uh, were, pretty were, were they based off of the game? Yes, they were. Oh, those, that's, those might have actually, actually looked pretty good. They were good. actually pretty decent. You know, what, what I love about that was the original Wolverine voice in the games, you know, Roundhouse. Yeah, that game was lots of quarter-eating fun back in the day. But yeah, so, so in the loosest sense, because they were technically the same team, and taking the same designs from the cartoon, you could consider them related to the Fox series. Yeah. Charles, you ever had any of these?
2: Actually, I did, and I do remember commercials for them. Really? Yeah. And I well, we're, we're talking about the X Men figures, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, actually, I remember it was like you know they're saying da 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 X Men, and they showed you the different figures, their special abilities. I had the Wolverine because I cause the fact that he had pop out claws, I loved. Um, in fact, I think I think he was the only member of the X Men I had because then I got a couple of the villains. Um, and then when X Force was introduced, you had the, the, the X Men and X Force, and you had the X Force logo breaking through the X Men, and it showed you Cable, Deadpool, Gideon.
1: The no, funny thing no. is, the X Force showed up in only one episode in the last season,
0: mm.
1: and that was the episode animated by Hanna Barbera. Oh my God. And it was the episode about about Iceman being emo because Polaris wouldn't talk to him anymore. Wow! Why do oh, I remember boy. this? Why I do I remember know. this?
0: You know what I remember? What? The Street Fighter characters ending up in the GI Joe toy line. Oh God. I had them. <laughs> I, had, I had like the first wave of them. Uh,
1: so uh, so was it was this done like as a tie into the USA cartoon?
0: I don't think so. Um, I don't son! know. I don't know why it was done but there is one one uh little cool nugget from this and that is that uh Ken Masters last name he earned the name the last name Masters because of that toy line because they were going to put out a Ken toy and Mattel was like wait a minute we have Barbie and Ken you can't be doing that so that's that's how Ken got his na- his full name
1: that is awesome yes that is so freaking awesome and wasn't wasn't the, the Rocky Balboa GI Joe later like the body mold converted into uh, Balrog?
0: It might have been. I think it was. Uh, um, or it was Bar- oh, Sorry, go ahead, Neil. It was Big Boa, who was like the the Cobra version of uh, Rocky, Rocky Balboa. Balboa. Yeah, and <laughs> that mold got converted into uh, into Balrog. Although it may have been the same mold anyway. I don't really know.
2: Oh, I
1: that's... You, know, you do know about the G.I. Joe Rocky Balboa, right?
2: Yeah, and I was going to say, I don't think that figure ever got into the production stage. That's right.
1: But the mold exists.
2: I don't, well, no, I don't even think there's a mold. I know the card art exists. There's actually the painting of there's the a prototype.
1: There's a prototype that's out, so that means that there was a mold.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Cause, all right, the, well, all right. the
1: prototype uh, is the rarest G.I. Joe toy you can ever get. There's only pictures of it. We don't know what happened to it. We just know it exists.
2: Yeah. Well, well, you know why it didn't get made?
1: Because things fell through with uh, Stallone.
2: Yeah, well, no. Uh, Stallone gave Coleco the rights to the Rambo um, action cartoon and action figure line. Oh. That's
1: right. And, and the Rambo cartoon was basically, let's just do G.I. Joe, but with one guy.
2: Yeah. Well, no, it was... It was um, Rambo and the forces of fr- and the freedom force or the forces it was, of it was
1: just him a mechanic and a chick
0: I don't remember this cartoon so oh it was great
1: <laughs> it was it was basically him a mechanic and a chick and sometimes to- the toys were cool and and the the bad guy was was uh, was Colonel Warhawk and instead of instead of wearing a full cobra mask he just wears silver aviators that take off ha- take over half his face hmm
2: yeah, and what was great is like you, you know how you used to have those like rocket launchers, and you would always lose a missile. Yeah, they fixed the problem with that. The missiles were attached to a string, and that you would pull them back. There was a spring in the gun, and you would and it would launch it forward, but it wouldn't get lost. It was the greatest thing.
0: I do remember something
1: like that. Oh, well, yeah. that reminds me of another cartoon in toy line. I don't remember the name of this cartoon. All I remember is the premise is like fighting gondolas on string and they had toys where you can like fill your whole room with all these strings from one place to another and you had these toys riding on the strings like fighting gondolas and
2: yes i had one of those um i want to say sky riders or air zone or air riders mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't. I don't remember. All I remember is my my bedroom was full of strings from tied from one end to the other, and I had all these gondolas shooting at each other.
2: I, I basically got one vehicle, and that was it, because it was like, you know, the next time I got a toy, it was like, ooh, new transformer. Um, and that toy line wasn't around that
1: long. Uh, yeah, it was. It really wasn't. But that actually reminds me of another failed cartoon and toy line. He remembers, very briefly, someone tried to capitalize on, uh, on the popularity of a piece of safety equipment, Neil, Chuck. Of... Um, there was a cartoon and a toy line. Do you know where I'm going with this? Uh, it's
0: I not, it's think not the so. Crash Dummies, is it?
1: It's Crash Test Dummies. Oh. oh.
0: Yes, I do remember that.
1: There was a cartoon and a toy line.
0: Yeah. Well, that, and the Crash that Test was...
1: Dummies and the toy lines had like these special abilities of that involved them being horribly injured.
0: Well, that was that was like really a, a no brainer because you had in the in the original commercials you had uh, Lorenzo Music doing the voices of the one Crash Dummy, and he does cartoon voices anyway, so it's like, well, let's get him for the cartoon.
1: So Crash Dummy's, Dummies, huh? Mm hmm, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I
2: I remember seeing it was Christmas of that year, and Al Roker was doing a bit on the Today Show, talking to a woman about the toys for the holiday season. And he picked up the Crash Test dummy's crash car. And he says, you know, this isn't something I would want my child to have because I really don't like the idea that it's promoting crashes. And so the woman's like, well, you just say to her, like, this is a toy this household doesn't want. This isn't good for the house. And I'm just like, oh, God. You You know, if your kid doesn't want it, don't let him see the commercials. Don't let him watch the television, the cartoon." I mean, the line wasn't around that long, so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if Al Roker, the almighty Al Roker, didn't kill it.
0: But
1: <laughs> well, well the, I have some Al Roker stories for later too, but that's another that's another show. And
0: by the way, I did I did get the crash test dummies uh, music band reference that you made there a minute ago.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I could not resist. That was my favorite Weird Al music video. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked. I
0: lost on Jeopardy.
1: <laughs> well, I like hey, Jurassic did Park. You,
0: did you guys hear that a
2: couple weeks ago on Jeopardy? The an answer to one of the questions was, "What is your anus?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> one guy actually actually wrote as the final Jeopardy answer Alex Trebek's name backwards. Wow, nice. And Alec just brushed it off and kept going. Well, he did lose it once. Uh, I don't remember what. Uh, One guy actually wrote uh, one guy actually wrote uh, uh, what is the rapists?
0: Oh. Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) That's therapists. (laughs) That's therapists. Well, you know what? He he actually has a really good sense of humor about that. Well, he appeared
0: on one of those SNL sketches. The very last one they made.
1: Yes, he did.
0: Yeah,
2: the, it was the last one. The one where uh, Sean Connery won. It was the final bit.
1: You know, I am Will, the last one.
2: Will, Will, Will uh, whatever his name is, was leaving the show.
1: And SNL, and I personally celebrated that he left that show. Oh. Not a, a fan. Well. It, you know what? The only thing that made that bit worth it was the Connery.
0: Well, Connery's always great.
1: Yeah, and you know. You're the man now, dog. Punch
0: those keys. And there was only one of those, I think, that was ever made without Connery.
1: Yeah, that was that was the first one when they had Norm MacDonald as uh, yeah. as Burt Reynolds. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, the Crash Test Dummy toys. I remember they actually made a very specific plot point about the torso the bad Crash Test Dummy had. Which was what was his toy was was a special torso that had like all these special abilities and stuff, and that was the biggest that was the running plot of the cartoon. But the cartoon didn't even last a season, so who knows?
0: See the whole the whole point of those those characters were they were idiots and they they got blown to bits because they didn't you know put their seatbelt on. Actually, that probably wouldn't have helped them anyway. But
1: yeah. Yeah, it's it's just really funny that 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 this cartoon exists.
0: That they would just make cartoons of anything like
1: that. Oh, the police academy toys. Let's talk about those.
0: Oh my god. Oh, those were great.
1: I remember, I remember, like the 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 police officer that can make the vocal sounds. He had a, he had an action figure where he had like a kung fu backpack. They had like a a boxing glove on an arm and a, like a leg to kick, and he actually used that as a weapon in the cartoon. Wow.
0: The only thing I remember vividly about that toy line is that the commandant was a male or only toy, for some reason.
1: (laughs) What I I remember about that about that toy line was was you know (laughs) how would Steve Gutenberg feel that you know his toy doesn't look anything like him?
0: Did any of them really look like the actors? No. No.
1: It was it was the toy line was made after Police Academy too because you had the character based off of Wildcat. What's his name in, in the cartoon?
0: Yeah.
1: Instead of being voiced by that guy, he's not voiced by the voice actor who played the character in the movie. Oh, no, of he not. He's voiced by a guy who's doing this really bad lisp.
0: Really bad lisp, you say?
1: Yes. <laughs> but uh... he he lisp like this because he has nothing better to do. Yeah, it was it was really bad. It's I had to watch that cartoon again because I just remembered how bad that was.
0: Yeah, I remember we were talking about cartoons that were based off of R-rated movies.
1: I'm yeah. pretty sure the original
0: Police Academy was an R-rated movie.
1: It was. I mean, the part with the podium. How could that...
0: Yeah, it's funny how, like, eight, R-rated movies in the 80s were, like, perfect for kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, all the kids saw Ninja Turtles.
2: Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go,
1: the first one, damn it. Yeah. yeah, it's so what's another cartoon toy line that has nothing to do with the cartoon? Like Um Didn't Jim have some toys? Yes well, of course. Yes they did. Yes, yes, and I bet Blanchard collected them all.
0: Uh-huh. Ooh. <laughs> well I know he's got the cassettes. Oh well, I was just joking. Is truly I think he's truly actually truly said, said that he does have the cassettes.
1: Oh, God damn it! Every time I'm just making fun of Blanchard, he just does it to himself.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. I have to question your masculinity again. Well, you know.
2: Well, let me ask you guys: Were you guys ever aware of the fact that um, the writers of Gem Transformers and GI Joe were consciously connected the three shows together? Oh like yeah, Ramirez.
0: Hector Ramirez.
2: Yeah, Hector Ramirez and there were other little nods here and there.
1: Yeah, but yeah. but the Gem never had gem, the Holograms competing against Cold Slither.
2: Ah, but what they did have was a monster that was in the humanoids showed up in Gem and there was a character in the humanoids named Captain Armbuster who was the real name of Ace from GI Joe. And then so, he,
1: it, so it all happens in autistic kids' brain. Yes. No. Let him finish. Oh,
2: very good. Ben. Very <laughs> good. Ben. In a snuggled up. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, it's a, Yes, it's. A, I love that the Tommy Westville universe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I've got uh, to check this out again because I didn't realize it was that connected. <laughs> I know. I know that I started noticing uh, more nods to GI Joe in Transformers later on.
1: Yeah, because... like uh, like Flint and Spike, the no, 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 Flint and the uh, Lay J's uh, kids showing up in Transformers and all that.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. the,
1: the most Snake. obvious one was
0: Old Snake.
1: They well, don't yeah. make terrorists like they used to.
0: And there's some question about Dinobot Island and the the island of dinosaurs from uh, from GI Joe. Um, I don't know if you can quite hook that together, but it's there. Well,
2: if you know, you know what's funny is, remember the animated movies? Yeah. The first one that was going to be up actually came out was My Little Pony, mm-hmm. and there was going to be a scene in My Little Pony where the big villain was attacking. So one of the ponies flew off to get help. Well, where does they? Where does she go? First place she goes is the arc, and she the- tries, and she's talking to one, like Optimus Prime or something.
1: You're, you're fucking but, with us now.
2: But nobody is home. No, no, no. This is true. I spoke. We did an interview on What's on Joe Mind with Buzz Dixon, and he said this was something that he wrote up in the script. The next place was they flew to GI Joe headquarters, and she the encountered
1: The uh, USS flag.
2: No, um, the the uh, the ground base.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. The one, the and, one where Z Viper is coming. No.
2: Um, no, that's no a different building. Oh, the, 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 it was weird because it was only the the GI Joe headquarters in the cartoon. In the comics, it was like the mobile headquarter base. In the toy line, it was called like the mobile headquarters or something. But anyway, she encounters Snake Eyes. I'm not Snake Eyes. Shipwreck. Shipwreck's on the back porch drinking a beer. And she says, please, you have to get the G.I. Joe team. So-and-so is attacking and we need help. And she flies off. And shipwreck does one of these things where she he looks at the beer, looks back at the um, pony flying off, looks back at the beer, and pours it out. <laughs> Hasbro, Hasbro and Sunbow wouldn't okay it. I think it was actually Sunbow. No, Hasbro wouldn't okay it because they didn't want to cross the streams that far
0: with their properties.
1: Well, it would cause a total prot- protonal reversal.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I. See, we joked on our on our My Little Pony episode that, that there was no such uh, connection between My Little Pony and the other Sunbow properties, but this just makes me a little bit
1: depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Neil. Against the temple, just to make sure. Boom! <laughs> Headshot. Anyways, Anyways it, it's just really funny that the toys are coming out. That that were coming out. I mean, at, obviously when the anime boom came, I can't remember of any anime specific toys that were being advertised on TV. I can't remember of any. In it's fact, I anything. remember. Go ahead.
2: Well, I was gonna say it's probably because uh, none of the toys for, could would survive uh, U.S. safety laws.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, you have the special order original G1 Megatron that can shoot the pellets.
2: Well, no, uh, no. that no no no. That could never shoot – the American version could never shoot pellets. The opening in its chamber was was molded shut. The reason you had to order it was because some some idiot kid in New York City had a G1 Megatron, pulled it on a cop because, you know, hey, raise your kids to not respect the police, and the cop shot him. So Megatron had to be pulled off the shelves and became mail order only
0: and was – and that did, basically did, was.
1: Did that. they have the orange tip later releases? Uh,
0: nope. No, because nope. they brought they brought uh, Megatron back out to mail order in 1988, I think. And that's how I got Megatron. And mm. he did not have an orange tip then. So that the orange tip thing didn't happen for a while after that.
2: Basically, mm. what happened is eventually uh, toy guns became outlawed. I mean, the, the rule was they could not look realistic. They could not... They had to be designed in, like, really weird colors, and they had to have a blaze orange tip. Thankfully, my toy gun collection, which I am proud to have, was all before this, and it's really From your cold, sweet. dead hands? You're you, you damn right. They're going to have to pull them out of my cold, dead hands. Chop my <laughs> hands off. Um, but now, here's an interesting thing. G2, the, G, the, the second generation Transformers, when they're going to you know, new transformers with retooled older transformers.
1: And Megatron was a tank.
2: Yeah, well, they were going to try to do a Megatron as a gun. Basically, it, he was blue, pink, orange, um, neon green. It was neon uh-huh. blue, neon pink, neon orange, neon green. It he it, 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 it basically looked like uh, if uh, like Rainbow Bright took a diuretic shit. <laughs> um, that's what the the figure was going to look like. And they said, no, we'll just make him a tank. Yeah. Thank God for that. Now, just recently, they did actually do a legend sized Megatron who transformed into a gun and he had an orange tip. Yeah. And, you know, and the, th- you know what the funny thing is about that?
0: I think if you're really good, you can get that orange tip off.
1: Yeah. Nope. Really? Nope.
2: Because everyone thought that the orange was painted onto the barrel. Mm-hmm. The barrel was molded in orange. You actually have to go over it with like a gray Sharpie. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think, I think that was the thing that they realized people were going to try and wipe it off. So what, yeah. what, like when, when Masterpiece Megatron came out – keep in mind, by the way, up until the first Transformers movie, you could get G1 Megatron in this country no problem, no, mm-hmm. no issues, no nothing. It was after the movie, is when, for whatever reason, Hasbro decided to start cracking down. And in turn, you had, that's just a rumor, Big Bad Toy Store starting to report eBay sellers who were going to import the masterpiece Megatron directly without getting the orange plug. Because, you know, BBTS had to have the orange plug put in. So basically, you have people opening the package in Japan, shoving the the, the 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 plug in, and then shipping it overseas.
1: Ouch! Well, well, you know, some people still to this day order vintage Megatrons that can shoot the pellets and yeah. and all that, and yeah, well, you know, they, if, if they yeah, if they are, if they if they are if they are slow enough to actually try to intimidate cop with them, then they deserve what's coming. Yeah, I'm they, sorry they to say, it comes they, it they comes do. as yeah.
2: You, you but, know, I mean, I, I got my I got my masterpiece of Megatron from a guy in Canada who basically crossed the border and, and mailed it from a U.S. address so it wouldn't be stopped by customs. And it was, you know, mitten seal box. Um, and I know from, like, other guys, you, there's there are ways to get G1 Megatron from Japan without, you know, having the plug. It's just that you don't go through, you know, main retail import because they're the ones who get stopped.
1: Yeah, so uh, so overall, I think we did a good job covering toy commercials. Guys, what do you think? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, All right. it was a pretty random episode, but I kind of thought it would be anyway.
1: Yeah, but once again, Dino Damage!
0: Dino Damage! D- yeah, and you know what it is?
2: And there's so many cart- uh, commercials we didn't even touch upon, so if you ever want to do a sequel...
1: We we will definitely do a sequel, so uh, yeah. this is your host, Ben. We're at TV's Mr. Neal.
2: And your old pal Chuck from What's on Joe Mind. And we're saying goodnight. <laughs>